Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Inside the Product Marketing Mind, where we dive into the world of product marketing in fast growth SaaS startups. Brought to you by EarlyNode.com. I'm Christina, and today I'm joined by Peter Kortvel, an experienced product marketing expert who has become a thought leader in the space and shares learnings from other leading companies in his newsletter. Peter has had numerous roles across digital marketing for startups and is currently working as a senior PMM at Scandid. In this episode, Peter will help us cover the value of bringing your first PMM for early stage startups, the power of visual and digital storytelling, and he'll also share learnings from his own personal experience working in the product marketing space. So welcome, Peter. Thanks so much for being here today. Hello, Christina. Nice being here. Thank you so much for the invitation. It's a, it's a, it's a pleasure. Um, so yeah, looking forward. Amazing. So let's get started. And we'd love to hear a bit about your background, your professional experience, and any proud moments in your career. Yeah, thank you. So um, I'll try to keep it relatively short, right? So I started in online marketing. And um, this was uh, back in uh, Slovakia, where I worked in a small company, then a big bank. And uh, online marketing, I found really useful for my today's uh, product marketing wo- work because it's uh, super practical and you do on, you work on so many different uh, things really hands-on. And plus you have a very good, uh, good uh, visibility into data. So you, so you get this good feel of, of what works, what doesn't, right, in any future social media or any kind of work, right? Uh, after that, I decided I want some, uh, some uh, adventure. So uh, startups were very cool at the time, right? So I decided um, I'm, I want to join a startup. Uh, so I moved to Dublin, Ireland. And uh, I very early joined a very early startup as a co-founder. Uh, I handled, uh, I headed marketing there. And it was a very uh, tech, uh, tech uh, product, uh, IoT in their location. We got a, a really nice uh, traction. We, we actually, we went to, to US uh, to join a business accelerator there. We had a, a kind of huge deal uh, in, uh, in Canada. Uh, we were doing installation of our system in a, in a warehouse distribution center and size of 13 football fields, so huge. And uh, so that was very interesting. Um, and there, uh, maybe one kind of learning was, uh, because as a startup person, you need to do kind of everything, right? Uh, not only marketing, but whatever product, anything, and and uh, talking, uh, kind of pitching and uh, doing pitches to customers, prospects. I found just just so useful and so so interesting because um, the way how I was able to explain the product and understand the product because you're getting this immediate feedback. You say something, and you see the face of the person, right? So so you see what resonates, what works, right? So this is in invaluable for product marketers, right? Um, then basically with this startup, this was, it was going very slow, right? With, uh, due to technology and uh, the delivery of, uh, of, uh, of what we wanted to do, right? So at some point I needed some income, right? And uh, I saw this, uh, I saw this uh, Oreo ad, like animated ad and it was, it was really, I, I really liked it, right? And I was like, I want to learn something like that. So I learned video animation. I wanted to learn a hard skill, and uh, there I produced then uh, over ten uh, animated explainers. At the time, every startup had to have animated explainer. Like a few years ago, maybe you remember, and um, and that was interesting because 
you have a startup leader that explains to you everything about their startup in whatever way they say it, right? And now you need to put it into one minute, right? So that was basically kind of product marketing job plus animation, right? So that, I really liked that part. And uh, after that, uh, I moved back to Slovakia uh, for, for a bit to take some, some well-deserved rest. And uh, then uh, since, I, uh, since I love mountains, I, I uh, was, uh, found a nice opportunity in Switzerland and I moved there, uh, now working at Scandit, uh, where I worked on all kind of product marketing, uh, basically all kind of activities, and uh, slowly became uh, to specialize more into visual, visual storytelling, visual explaining. Yeah. So I don't know if Amazing. it's short, but there was an attempt to make it short. Oh, thank you so much for that example. I love the, the sharing the story around Oreo and the power of visual storytelling. So could you dig into that a little bit more and expand on why storytelling is so important for product marketing? Yeah, maybe maybe we can uh, link in the podcast notes and, and then the link to the video. It's really nice. Anyway, so um, I find like visual and visual storytelling is just, just so important and people don't give it enough, uh, enough importance. I feel even more in B2B, right? Because if you think, think of, think of that visual is the most effective, uh, type of content on social media, right? Visual is how we understand thing, understand things, right? If a teacher wants to explain you something in the primary grade, they will draw it on a blackboard, right? They will not just talk, right? And visual connects to emotion as well, right? And then if you connect visual stuff and to storytelling, that's another pow powerful thing that, that uh, comes uh, kind of doubles down, right? So, and there was a lot of research that shows that if, uh, for example, people uh, or startups were pitching different, uh, different ideas than uh, at Stanford, right? They, uh, they researched and they, they looked at, uh, at companies that had some storytelling elements in there. And then people were able to remember these uh, things better, right? And there were other, a lot of types of researching, but basically storytelling to me means, uh, means uh, connecting, right? So story allows you to connect to another person, right? So the typical story is a movie, right? And if you watch, uh, I don't know, you watch an action movie, it's, you don't really care about that person, what happens to them, but you kind of, Imagine it's you there, right? You're shooting whatever, or you're watching a love movie and you're in love, or you're watching some movie where somebody dies and you imagine your family member, right? So, so story just gives us such a powerful tool to connect uh, to other people, right? Totally. Yeah, I love that. Love the examples that you gave. Um, and I've been following your LinkedIn stories as well. So you've been sharing a lot of great examples on LinkedIn. Um, of how companies are using storytelling and digital marketing to create stories around products and really connect with their audience. If you need to hire the right developers and ship fast, then React Squad is for you. A boutique agency that specializes in React and only works with fast growth startups. Get a 14-day risk-free trial and a transparent price of $95 per hour. Visit reactsquad.io to learn more. So do you have any advice for how companies should think about showcasing the product value in the right way through storytelling? Yeah. So 
and I've been doing I've been doing this uh, lately for for one startup that does uh, that does basically uh, uh, works with data of the soil to regenerate uh, land farmland, right? And uh, it's just helping out basically. And uh, we we basically tries to like the startup leader basically telling me like, hey, I I need this messaging or like this this say something on the website and something on the pitches, right? So we go and okay, so let's do the messaging together, right? And then we find that, okay, but like, what is the position of your product? What what it is, right? Versus other products on the market. So we go into positioning, right? So it's it's really good to start with positioning to understand, and I don't want to make it more complicated than it is, but basically you have a product and you want to make it clear what that product stands stands for on the market compared to other products, right? How it differentiates, what value it brings, right? So you need to have a good understanding of that and that can be a quick exercise. In our case, we found out even the product will, could be uh, could be defined well. So we went back to job to be done framework and uh, redefined slightly when even that, right? To narrow down the product. But basically you need to have a clear understanding what's position and then you can start uh, basically explaining, right? And I would say to people who are not uh, like maybe startup leaders or they're not experienced with a lot of pitching, I would uh, recommend that they forget everything they know about what they've heard or, or learned, uh, etc. Because there's been so many things said out there. For example, a typical one, benefits are more important than features. Somebody said it at some point and people don't even understand what are benefits, but they just feel it's more important, right? So I would just say, just find the most simple way how to explain what you do without without any attempts to do anything outside of totally yeah and then basically start talking to people and explain them what you do and then start adding to that right so you're working off your positioning what your product means to the outside world then you just explain it as it is right and then you just start noticing what what resonates right and um if if I'm talking to somebody, I I basically would follow some some steps, right? Yes. Myself, so uh, I believe the best way to start, like imagine you're talking to somebody at the party and they ask you, hey, so what do you do, like, and you want to give them this whole pitch, right? And uh, and they kind of don't care; they just ask what do you do, right? And uh, so so the best first thing, if you are talking to somebody, is to find a way to connect to the person, right? So. For example, you're doing something that improves the how medication is uh, is uh, distributed or taken, right? So we maybe want to ask the person first, hey, have you been in a hospital ever? Have you taken medication? Right? So they can imagine, they kind of put a frame in their brain, like, okay, we're talking about this, it connects to me, right? And uh, after you connect with them, then uh, before you start introducing whatever you want to introduce, just say the big thing, right? Say whatever is the biggest thing, right? And uh, to, to like really frame your thing in their heads, right? Imagine like in your brain, there needs to be, or like in, in this person's brain, there needs to be some space where you're just gonna like now then like stuff all, all the information, right? So, so we want to create some frame around that, right? And uh, we had, with our startup at, at the time, we had really smart people who helped us with uh, with something like that. So we had on our first uh, first slide of the pitch pitch deck, we had a huge nothing, just a huge blue whale, right? And the the pitch started basically saying that 
blue whale navigates itself uh, around the world and it uses magnetic field to to do this navigation and we are harnessing the same technology to do in the location right and then there was a lot of startups uh, pitching to investors right and then we went uh, down and we're talking to people and every single person hey you you are the blue whale guys right so what's this blue whale right so so we created this space, right? And it can yeah. be allegory, it can be, or people used to say, um, I am X, Y, we are X, Uber of X, Y, Z. We, we are Uber of this and that. So maybe don't do that anymore, yeah. but this also a frame, right? Because people then connect you to Uber, connect you to something they know, right? And yeah. yeah. And after that, you want to basically go into giving a huge uh, promise, right? Uh, you can use the basically old world versus new world framework plus uh, stakes, what's in stakes that this change needs to happen. And this, this, all of that is few sentences, right? And then you hopefully have their attention. Uh, if not, you explain the interesting stuff. If you have their attention, then you can go and explain how it works. And you need to explain how it works because this is the proof, this is the trust part, right? If you don't expect explain now without any storytelling just explain what it is right if you don't explain then people don't trust you right so we have to have to do that right totally i love the simple but very powerful framework that you outlined for us um, especially the example around you know using a connection or some kind of anchor to something that people remember or already know about and care about like the whale yeah. or uber um, could you explain for people who might not be familiar, what is the old world versus new world framework? Yeah, uh, I mean, I've, I've seen it uh, many times uh, through different uh, storytelling leaders, right? They're, they're, they have kind of frameworks around that, right? And basically it um, mm, it's also kind of traditional framework. So maybe I'm not sure if you want to do use it as a very long version of it. But basically, you want to you want to say how the world uh, worked up until now, right? Or what's the old way without your product, right? Mm -hmm. And the new world is basically uh, beautiful uh, sci-fi world, right? Where uh, your product is uh, existing and yes, the future where people use your product. I don't know. You have a flying car, right? So people flying around and imagine how they can get to hospital quickly or something, right? And yeah. then you want to also explain the stakes, right? Because um, at, at this time of macroeconomic time, it just, it's just you, getting people excited. It's just kind of doesn't work, right? So um, maybe this framework is even more in, important that in here that you you, should, you say the stakes, right? Why yeah. do you need to, need to change? I kind of, I'm, I'm not sure how much of these typical storytelling wor uh, things work now when you need to be just very specific about mm -hmm. if you don't use a product you're losing out right so uh you maybe be careful about going too too wide right and be really really clear about uh, the value but i think you should still use the same this kind of very powerful framework but make it more into what are the the stakes right what what, yeah. what makes it really important and if you don't if you don't switch if you don't change you're basically losing mm -hmm. out other companies are already using it etc right yeah and i i love this example and also the kind of bringing it back to what the world looks like today because i think 
things are getting more challenging for us as product marketers, especially around storytelling, because one, you know, the, the economical state of the world makes it very difficult to actually sell and tell, tell stories about products because people care about different things now. Like, for example, my, my role has changed even in the last year, the way that I position different products or features. I've started even shortening the amount of time that I spend storytelling. So if I created a video around a minute long last year to talk about a new product, that video has shortened to 15 seconds because people don't have time to listen to, you know, long explanations and stories. They just want to hear why is this valuable for me? Why do I need it today? And what should I do about it? So I think that that kind of shortening of the storytelling aspect makes it even more powerful to just, you know, share the concept, share the value and then, you know, let people move on. So I'm interested to hear about your how do you develop sort of a storyboard when you're thinking about new new storytelling? Yeah, definitely. So when uh, we work on a storyboard, uh, maybe I explain even specifically video work because, uh, right, this this very, this is what we do a lot, right? Mm -hmm. So uh, you have often uh, people uh, coming with uh, idea of the end result, right? That's, that's very, very typical, right? And uh, And the style. So that will be probably something they've seen somewhere and something that they kind of just uh, kind of transpose into what could be working for their products, right? So I'm always very careful when they come with that idea and we kind of like note it down and make sure we, we, we have it. But we need to start with the goals, right? So any narrative, any storyboard needs to start with what it is you want to say, right? And um, once we know why we want to say something and what it is, we get together a value proposition of the product, right? There are frameworks or ways for me, at least put it all on the uh, post-it notes uh, in mirror board, right? And have it there and, and pick the things just, just to be short, right? Because uh, sometimes getting value of the product, you can get these like long documents and long sentences. This is I don't like that, right? So it, it, if it if it doesn't fit on the post-it note, there's few words, then then it's just uh, maybe not a real value. Just you know, totally. just talking around something, right? So so you put all of that uh, together, and then you still don't start with the storyboard, uh, but uh, you do something. I call it uh, narrative flow. I don't know how other people call it, but basically, again, just a post-it note note uh, way uh, puts uh, the narrative uh, in a kind of like a backbone of it right so you start with something uh, you follow up with some other uh, other t uh, thing right and then you end with something right so so this is a good way to make sure that your uh, narrative has some structure and explains things in, in the right way right and the, the points are there right you also want to uh, define what is uh, one uh, thing or like a big thing or things that should come across, right? So for example, uh, for Scandit, we do very fast uh, data capture, right? So for us, it's often speed, right? So if we want the speed, we don't always do videos around speed, but if we want the speed to come across, then we want to make sure that this is somehow said in the intro of the video. This is uh, somehow said in the tagline or the outro at the very end as a summarized or like at the end and the speech should also come out throughout the video in any 
possible way maybe the video is cut very fast right maybe the, the sound of the music is is faster right so uh because video is such a short format that you need to make sure it's you, you kind of i kind of imagine when i do videos that somebody's gonna watch it they will uh it will be friday 5 p.m after work they're super tired they have like 5% of brain capacity and now they're just scrolling through LinkedIn before they get a, get a beer, right? So yeah. kind of imagine that's the, that's the state where they are. So anything, any thinking that they need to do, doesn't like you need to think for them, you need to show it like in mm-hmm. front of their eyes. If you, if you say something, you show it big in the center of the screen, right? That's, that's, that's how you make it very clear. Yeah. That's awesome. I love that. Um, especially the idea that, you know, you're putting yourself in the customer's shoes. Where are they when they're watching this video? Do they really care at that point? Like what's the most important thing that they need to hear and make sure that thing really fits on a sticky note and nothing more than that. And that's your real value. Um, so thanks so much for, for explaining that and walking us through a real life example. So I actually want to dig into your experience um, as a PMM. So you mentioned that you had worked for a very early stage startup uh, back in Dublin, and then you kind of transitioned as working for a more bigger company. So I would love to hear kind of your advice for early stage startups when hiring your first PMM as a founder and what kind of things that should be considered when you're in that position. Yes. So. I'd say like it's uh, I, I find it kind of complicated, right, for hiring the first uh, first uh, PMM because I see PMMs are kind of like mix of all personalities that you may have. It's, it's like project management, organizational, networking, strategic person, and you have kind of PMM should have all of those, right? And it depends which company you work at. You may have more of one or the other, right? So some PMMs may be more project management oriented, oriented. they do a lot of launches, go to market, some may be more networking uh, into connecting all the departments because you work in a big company and need to connect uh, different people, right? And be able to put, uh, put them kind of storytell or explain, right? And, uh, and some other are more strategic, right? So, and now you are small, if you're a small startup, right? You're looking for first, product marketer, you kind of need everything, right? And uh, I feel the first thing is that uh, founders need to find out what it is that basically they need to really could well understand what is product marketing because people st- still don't get it. I feel sometimes founders would get the product marketer because everybody else has a product marketer. And then you can see job description, uh, write content, right? Or uh, handle launches, right? Launches, right? So that's great, but I think there's much more value uh, to product marketing, right? As I explained, I was I was um, uh, consulting this uh, this startup now, and as we were de- uh, putting together messaging, we found out okay, but there's there are issues with the product, right? It would take uh, maybe too many years to. Uh, evaluate uh, on the market the, the product. Let's try to do something smaller that already has differentiator on the market, right? So we were able to to go back, uh, explain the the startup leader, and try to work on that, right? So as a founder, you want somebody who can 
innocence tell you when you're wrong, right? Mm-hmm. Nicely and be able to present it in a in a way that you understand it, right? That because product marketers have this this set of eyes that uh, we're just used to looking at things uh, some way, right? Like all we talk about is a differentiator on the market, right? And uh, this just kind of mindset we have, right? So so that that's important, right? To to have person who can also do that, right? And now your options are either uh, look for somebody uh, more junior, right? If you're a small startup, uh, and in that case, uh, you may risk that that person won't have enough strategic uh, experience to to be able to do product marketing that is on the level of delivering product market fit, right? Or is on the level of making sure the product gets to the market, right? Just this as a as a big uh, big uh, outcome, right? Or you can get somebody very experienced, which maybe is for a founder expensive. So then you want to give them uh, maybe shares to attract them, or they really like your your idea, your product. Or I think kind of a nice approach, which uh, nobody really does. I don't know why. Is uh, you can get somebody less experienced and get the coach for that person, or get a consultant uh, who's highly experienced to just join a few hours a week and uh, and uh, be able to grow your product marketer and be able to give you back the strategic uh, strategic input you need. Yeah, yeah, that's a really interesting point. Um, I recently had a conversation around what kind of experience do you need as an early stage PMM? And sometimes if you do come from some of the bigger companies, you have a different type of expectations from a startup, maybe things that they can't really offer you. Um, but if you come from the startup world, then you're much more experienced and kind of agile in a way that you can, you know, shift perspective and always, you know, kind of move around and wear a lot of different hats, work with a lot of different teams. So you're kind of experience in doing everything because that's kind of what you have to do when you're that early stage. So I wonder if you have any advice for people who are either looking already experienced in product marketing and are looking to move into a startup world or uh, people who have never done product marketing but are looking to join a startup as the first founding PMM. Yeah, so I I would say um, it's kind of two different really really people about get ready that it will be hands-on, it will be dirty, right? Uh, you will be doing a lot of things or you will be requested to do a lot of things, right? And and now your job is on one side, do a lot of things. On the other side, don't do everything people ask for. This, this is a huge problem for uh, product marketers and as mostly not experienced product marketers that they try to please uh, too many people. So not being able to say no to things, but uh, that's a problem. And and to me, it's not about like saying no, but it's, it's about saying strong yes to things that really matter, right? So to be able to to do that, you, you need to be somehow strategically uh, strategic and uh, be able to set up objectives that, that are really big uh, in terms of uh, your value you're bringing, right? So, Bringing products to the market is is your job, and bringing back uh, information from the market to influence the product is your job, right? So, so objectives that uh, that make that clear that the founders on, are on your side, right? Because then you can basically make sure that 
uh, what you're working on is uh, has a real value, right? And then you can say no to other things, right? Because you have a project, right, selected which is going to change or hugely impact the company, right? So you can easily say no to anything else, right? Yeah, totally. I love that you said, um, you know, regarding prioritization, and sometimes it's so hard to say no, but you should be saying a strong yes to the things that you see as more important um, and things that you want to do and things that you see as valuable for the startup. Awesome. So we're coming up on time, but I did want to point everyone who's listening to your newsletter. So if you want to get learnings from product marketing leaders um, delivered to your inbox every week, um, you can visit Peter's newsletter at productmarketingnewsletter.com and register. Um, I also wanted to share my biggest learning from today. And I, I had one thing that really stood out to me that you said, Peter, was around the fact that you, as you're developing your value proposition for your product, make sure it fits on a sticky note. So I think that's super valuable because sometimes we tend to get kind of really stuck into the positioning and messaging development where we, you know, write out full on documents of, uh, of words and uh, kind of value propositions that we think are important for the customer. But in the end, it should all really sit on a very simple sticky note, one sentence, and that's all that matters. Um, so, Peter, I'm going to ask you, what was your biggest learning from today's conversation? Yeah, from today's conversation, uh, that would be my learning from what I said, was that because I was speaking. <laughs> <laughs> What's one thing that you want everyone to, to take away from? Uh, maybe there's, there's two things. Uh, first, uh, I would like, I, would, I somehow see product marketing as, uh, as a bigger space than what it often has, uh, has now, right? To me, product marketer, kind of the name... Uh, make it sound like it's a marketer, it's a marketing person. While f- if if it was called product market manager, maybe that would make it more clear or product market fitter, right? To constantly make sure the product fits on the market, right? And improve that. So, and that's a different set of uh, objectives and a different set of uh, set of values. So I would really like people to understand uh, the value of product marketing, the true value of it, right? And hopefully the whole position of product marketing will be growing uh, to be able to deliver re- real value. And uh, maybe second thing is uh, uh, if you create content, if you do launches, if you do go to market, don't forget to think of visual, uh, how to visually explain things how to add infographic, uh, video, GIF, uh, picture, uh, architecture, uh, anything that, that is visual that makes it easy for people to see what you're saying. That's amazing. Yes, the power of storytelling. Um, thanks so much for being here today. It was so great talking to you. You've given us so much advice, so many insights, and I can't wait to share um, this episode with everyone else. And I encourage everyone to register for Peter's newsletter and to also follow him on LinkedIn for even more product marketing insights. Thank you, Peter. Thank you very much, Christina. It was a pleasure and hope this will be valuable to your listeners. Awesome. Thank you. If you like this episode, then you'll love the SaaS Operator, a weekly newsletter brought to you by Early Node with actionable insights from SaaS experts in the industry delivered right to your inbox every Tuesday for free. Visit earlynode.com to subscribe.